0: Well, Merry Christmas everybody. Great to see all of you. My name's Philip and I'm one of the pastors here. I think I'll be having a, a great afternoon with us as we sing and reflect on these wonderful carols together and indeed as we reflected on the nature of hope. That's what we asked our children in one of those earlier videos, what is hope? And they came up with some with some wonderful answers. Is hope excitement or is hope when you think you're going to get what you really want? Indeed, is hope that feeling that encourages you to manage to do something, as one of them said? Or indeed, is hope an elephant, as one of them also said? Now, I want to suggest that hope is this. Hope is daring to believe in a better future. I don't know whether you've seen the Marcus and Spencer Christmas advert this year. It taps into the idea, I think, of hope being when we dare to believe in a better future. Now, if you haven't seen the advert, let me, uh, let me set the scene for you. Santa Claus has just left on his sleigh with his reindeer to deliver presents to all the children who have written him letters, leaving Mrs. Santa Claus at home. However, it turns out that Mrs. Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, has also received a letter from a little boy. Hey, Mrs. Claus, my name is Jake. And I'm six years old. Jake, stop taking my things. I have a big sister called Anna, who is tall and sometimes angry. Ah! Jake's out! Dad! Jake. I also have a dog called Tiger, who loves eating things. Kill Tiger! Jake, stop! Stop! I'm sorry. <laughs> this Christmas, I need your help. And I know you can get it for me. Come on. <laughs> to Anna, Jake wanted you to have this. With love, Mrs. Claus. Jake. Oh, thank you so much, Jake. You might think I don't like my sister very much, but I do. I love her a lot, <laughs> and I want her to be happy at Christmas. Love, Jake. Age six, but seven in two weeks. Hope is when we dare to believe in a better future. I don't know about you, but the, um, there was a moment when I first watched that for, uh, for the first time that particularly stood out to me. And it's the moment in the story when Jake says to Mrs. Claus, it's Christmas, I need your help. And in that moment, I think, certainly for me, a little bit of hope is born. Maybe we think Mrs. Claus will be able to do something to restore Jake and his sister Anna's broken relationship. And and the music soars and hope soars with it as Mrs. Claus sets off in her helicopter. And we're wondering whether Anna's present might be possible, might make it possible, for there to be a better future possible between her and Jake. And then we see our hopes fulfilled because that's exactly what the gift does. It changes taking Alan's relationship from one of frustration and angst to one of peace and happiness. It strikes me that when we dare to believe in a better future, hope is a powerful force. And we we need hope, don't we? We need to believe um, that it's possible that our current reality might turn into a better reality, whether it's on a personal scale that we're Hoping financial crisis might be alleviated or uh, that relationships might be reconciled. or Whether it's on a, on a national or global scale, as we look around us at an increasingly uncertain political setting, we need to believe that our present reality might be a better reality, a better future. We need hope to exist, one might say. A uh, clinical psychologist recently said this, Hope is to the spirit what oxygen is to the lungs, and the book of Proverbs in the Bible puts it similarly when it says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." We uh, we need hope. Hope sustains us. It motivates us. It inspires us. And the third passage that we heard, just so beautifully read just now by um, by Hannah and Sam, is a scene crackling with hope people daring to believe in a better future. Jesus has been born to Mary and uh, Joseph in Bethlehem, which we heard in the first passage, and the shepherds have come to visit him, as we heard in the second passage. And then we've just heard, in a perhaps slightly less familiar scene, a scene in which Mary and Joseph, as a good Jewish couple at the time, have made the customary visit to the Jewish temple with their newborn baby Jesus. And they engage in the temple rituals of the day. And as they're doing so, they meet an elderly priest called Simeon. And it's clear that Simeon is a man who has been living with hope for decades. Hope that one day he would be able to see for himself the Messiah, the Saviour, the one uh, the Jewish scriptures had predicted would come in order to bring Simeon's people and all people groups, towards peace with God. He'd been living with that hope for decades. reminded of a time a few years ago when I was in Washington and I had the privilege of meeting an elderly gentleman called John Lewis. This is not a cue for another Christmas advert. Uh, John Lewis was, is indeed, an American congressman. However, before he was a congressman, Uh, He was a very prominent leader in the American civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s. He's an African-American gentleman himself. And uh, in the spring of 2009, which of course was just a few weeks after Barack Obama's historic inauguration, I was with some students on on a trip and we had the privilege of sitting on the steps outside Congress listening to something of John Lewis's personal story. And he told us the story of the vicious racism and segregation that he had endured as a young African-American in the Deep South. And he told us of the years that he spent campaigning, not least alongside Martin Luther King, indeed dreaming like King, of a day, a better future, when America would know racial peace and harmony. And he spoke of how his hopes for a better future had soared as Obama had come on the scene and of how this iconic poster had gone viral and how it had captured the hearts of the nation, how it had captured the hopes of the nation for a better future. And he also told us of how just a few weeks before he had attended the inauguration dinner for Obama, and how he had the privilege of personally embracing the president, and how he had felt his hopes for a better future soar even more in that moment of personal embrace. You see, John Lewis had embraced the person who signified a new era, one in which a people group's past hurts might be healed, an era in which perhaps true unity between black and white could be achieved, an era of hope. Well, like John Lewis, Simeon was an elderly man who had dared for decades to believe that there would be a better future. Simeon had lived with the hope that God would rescue and restore the Jewish people, who of course were an oppressed people group at that time. The hope that God would reconcile Jew and non Jew to each other and ultimately to himself. And so for Simeon, in the act of embracing Jesus, he believed he was holding true hope. He believed he was physically holding the beginning of a new era of true hope for all people. But what was this hope that this little boy carried? What is this hope contained for us in Jesus? Well, I don't know whether you caught it at the end of the reading, but at the end of the passage, Simeon says to Mary and Joseph that through Jesus being, quotes, opposed later in his adult life, thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Through Jesus being opposed, ultimately crucified, thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Now the claim of Christianity is that Jesus was God in in human form. The Bible puts it, I think, rather poetically when it says the Word became flesh. God became human. And so therefore, in Jesus, we can see exactly what God is like, that God is able to know even the very thoughts of our hearts. He knows not just what we do, but even what we think. God knows our deepest thoughts, our deepest dreams, our deepest fears. He knows our deepest hopes. The things that we might not even dare to tell the person who knows us best, he knows. But you might say, well, where's the hope in that? Where's, where's the better future in that? If God just has like knowledge of me including all the things that, frankly, I try and keep from everybody else. If that's it, that doesn't give me much hope. It kind of makes us ask, is God just like cosmic CCTV? Is he just coldly observing me? Or worse, is he just waiting to catch me out? I don't think any of us want to be merely known. It reminds me of a time earlier... This year when I, um, I landed at Istanbul airport and was approaching the front of the queue for passport control. And as I reached the passport control desk, I was confronted by a pretty grumpy looking chap on the desk. He was pretty annoyed with life and with me. And then, kind of to make matters worse, uh, I had this awful moment where he, he looks at me, looks at my passport, looked at me again and shook his head. Which I can tell you is not a moment of hope. Hope did not soar in that moment, and he then proceeded to give a series of what I think were fairly blunt instructions in Turkish, uh, which of course I didn't understand, and not only did I not understand Turkish, it was clear to me that the guy on the passport control desk really didn't care. I was just an annoyance to him that he wanted out of the way, and so I'm at the front of the queue, and I'm not allowed to proceed, and I can feel panic rising, I'm thinking am I just destined to be marooned at Istanbul airport forever? Anyway, eventually I retreated and I discovered finally that my passport was missing a particular stamp and I was rectified and I was able to continue with my journey. But in that moment at the desk, I knew something was wrong. Something was wrong with me. And I needed help to untangle the mess. I guess just like Jake in the advert, he knew something was wrong and he needed help. The difference is Jake asked for help with his mess from someone who cared. And I think we all felt hope soaring in that moment. Whereas I asked for help with my mess from someone who didn't care. And I can tell you hope was evaporating pretty quickly. Nobody wants to be told what's wrong with them by someone who doesn't care. That just leaves us feeling like exposed, vulnerable. But you see, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came both in truth and in love. So he's truthful. He, he knows us exactly as we are. He can reveal the thoughts and, dare I say, even the mess of our hearts. And he loves us. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, he sent his only son. Christmas tells us that out of love, Jesus came into the context, our context, the messiness of humanity, in order to untangle the mess of humanity. Christmas tells us that we are loved. So what is the better future that is possible? What is the hope specifically that Christ offers at Christmas? Well, it's this. It's to be so well known that even the thoughts of our hearts can be revealed. And it's to be so well-loved that we can experience joy and wholeness and peace and forgiveness. You see, nobody wants to be loved if they're not known. That's just meaningless, isn't it? And equally, nobody wants to be fully known if they're not loved. That's just exposing and vulnerable. But to be known for my strengths, and also for my many, many failings, and loved regardless, that gives me hope for whatever the future holds. I don't know about you, but I'm hoping for all kinds of things at Christmas and into 2017 and, and into the future, and I don't know if any of them, frankly, will come to pass. But the one aspect of our future that it's possible to be certain about, I believe that it's possible to have a hope that is sure and certain, is that because of Jesus Christ, you and I can always be loved. The thing that our hearts cry out for the most. The musicians are going to prepare to lead us in a moment in our next carol. Before we stand and sing, I want to invite us to take a moment of reflection together, to use a few moments of silence to reflect and respond. And let me ask us some questions to help us do that and, and use this moment of reflection meaningfully. Firstly, what, what are you hoping for this Christmas? What is, deep down, the better future that you are dreaming of? Whether it's for family or for health or for career, for finances, for children, for relationships or for that deep sense of personal meaning and purpose. Secondly, maybe for some of you, perhaps you've hoped for something for a long, long time. In fact, it's almost extinguished. Maybe, therefore, you are indeed familiar with deferred hope and how it can make the heart sick. The question for you this afternoon is, are you willing to dare to hope again? And thirdly, whether either way, whether they are old hopes that have almost expired or whether they're new, fresh hopes, perhaps the really key question is, are you willing to ask for help? You see, Jake was prepared to acknowledge that he needed help and he found someone who cared so deeply. Someone who would come to him and would give and restore and heal. God doesn't just know about our tangled messes. He cares so deeply. And even more than that, he doesn't just know about our tangled circumstances. He knows and cares about our tangled hearts too. Our our own mess in here that perhaps we, we try and keep hidden as best we can. God loves us far too much to... To leave us as we are. He wants to work on the human condition itself, our very hearts. To enable us to live with fullness of life in relationship with him. That's the message of Christmas. The message of Christianity is that God came to us into the mess of humanity itself in order to untangle it. And draw us to himself for abundant life, full life. So, as I say, let me invite you in these few moments of silence before we stand and sing to reflect and respond. Will you dare to give your hopes for a better future to the one who knows utterly and the one who loves perfectly? And Will you dare to allow him not just to come into your circumstance, but into your very heart that he might bring wholeness and healing and peace? And joy and forgiveness. Let's take a few moments and then I'll pray. Loving Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this message of Christmas that to come to you with our hopes and our dreams for a better future is to come to one who knows us so intimately and one who loves us so wonderfully. I pray for all of us in these moments that whether we're coming to you for the first time or the thousandth time, that you would meet us with our hopes, that you would intervene, that you would restore and heal. And most of all, that we would place our hope in you, Jesus Christ, at Christmas. pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.